one soul win. Whisper, I sh- I should whisper this As- part. ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should. Um, so what's been going on with you, buddy? Oh, not much, not much. Just been working and minding my own business. That's good. That's good. Did you do um? Did you do a in-person pre-release event for Crimson Vow? No, not for Crimson Vow. I did for um, Midnight Hunt, mm-hmm. but. Uh, Crimson Vow, I don't know what it was. I just, I, I guess I just wasn't quite excited for this set as I have been for previous sets. How was that? I don't know if we talked about that, like you, that kind of, because that was your first like in-person LGS experience after the pandemic, right? The the Midnight Hunt pre-release event? Yeah, I went to one of the game stores in the city and um, different than like the game store I'd usually go to um still is not putting on events yeah but one of the other game stores in the city um was putting on a pre-release and they limited it to i think eight people uh per event and you had to be double vaccinated you know show your of course vaccine card um so that was nice and then it was flat prizing so meaning that everybody got the same amount of prizing um just to I guess they, they, they phrased it as uh, just in case you're not feeling comfortable, you can just take your pricing. And That's go. right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was fair. Um, and it was just fun. It was fun to play in person again because it's something obviously we haven't been able to do exactly. in <laughs> almost yeah. two years. Um, yeah. I, I Overall, I had a good time and the set was fun. I drafted a, a Demir zombie deck. So that worked out really well. I opened a Gissa, um, and she's a house. Yeah, yeah, yes, she is. And uh, and then for this set, I don't know. I guess I just wasn't wasn't quite <laughs> excited about it, or at least not not excited enough about it that I would go out of my way for a pre-release. Yeah, yeah, and that makes sense. Um, yeah, and I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not someone who's as keen on on the limited format. Um, as you are so even in the best of times mm-hmm. I, I don't go out of my way to go to a pre-release um but um yeah i still haven't gone to uh, back to a game store to play i know fusion's been having events for a while now and I actually like their system um because you pre-register online um mm-hmm. so you know it's i think it kind of forces people this may be wishful thinking but i think it kind of forces people to arrive on time it certainly makes people want to be there because you've already paid to be there um but uh yeah i was thinking about maybe checking out a some kind of event you know their their event schedule hasn't really changed um you know it's still like commander wednesday modern thursday limited friday and you know what they're doing they're doing pioneer again on sundays so i don't know what the yeah. i don't know what the who's coming out for that but i definitely miss um playing mono green stompy and pioneer i have to take a look at that deck and see if it needs any upgrades uh, from the from yeah. the past two years um but uh yeah i, I oh i mean there's there's been some great cards for mono green stomp. Oh yeah, there's gotta have been because I mean I'm thinking like a werewolf pack leader. Yeah, yeah, like that thing is just a house. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you know we're talking about magic. This is a magic podcast. It's turn one soul ring. I'm Kevin. 
And I'm Riley. And today on the show, we are wrapping up our Crimson Vow set review. Uh, so if you're familiar with our set reviews, then you know that they're not exhaustive. We cover the cards we're interested in playing with in the formats that we play. And over the past couple of weeks, we've covered the color pie, the, the Wooberg part of it anyway. Um, but what you may not know is it keeps going because we still have to talk about the gold, <laughs> colorless, and land cards. And those are all consonants, so I'm not even going to try to make a word out of that. Um, so without any further ado, our first gold card today is Ancient Lumberknot. And actually, when this card was spoiled, I, uh, I read the name <clears throat> as Ancient Lumberjack. Just, you know, we can just accredit <laughs> that to my mild dyslexia. Um, and I'm like, why would a tree folk also be a lumberjack? And then I'm like, oh, I read the card properly. But anyways. Yeah. Bit of a carnivore. Yeah. yeah. So it's... Um, <laughs> It's a it's two a black and a green for a one four tree folk. Each creature you control with toughness greater than its power assigns combat damage to its toughness rather than its power. It's too bad this wasn't uh, in bant colors. That would have been nice. Bant tree folk. No, for Arcades. Are you thinking yeah. Arcades? Oh yeah. But bant yeah. tree folk is good, isn't? Uh, is Dor? No, Doran's. Um, is uh absent. Right. Right, yeah. Which, I mean, this fits perfectly into a Doran deck, mm -hmm. like a, a nice uh, secondary commander. Or Kolfenor as um, well. Yeah, so, I mean, I've always liked the idea of putting together a Tree Folk tribal deck, mm. and this is perfect for that. Like, it's actually a decent Tree Folk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think that's the big thing that has going for it, is there's a lot of shitty Tree Folks out oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we did get that new. Uh, we got a new Doran, didn't we, from Commander Legends, or is that just a different legend altogether? Uh, it was Colfinor. It was Colfinor. That's right. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to build a Tree Folk deck too, um, mm -hmm. but uh, I feel like Arcades fills that. Yeah, that for me because it's 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 like the toughness. Matters. Yeah, the toughness yeah. matters thing. Um, and you know you can't do like Bant Tree Folk because you know there aren't any blue ones. Um, yeah. But anyways, next up we have Anjay, Maid of Dishonor. She's two black red for a four five legendary vampire. And whenever she and or one or more other vampires enter the battlefield under your control, create a blood token. This ability triggers only once each turn. And in case you forgot, a blood token is an artifact with pay one, tap, discard a card, sacrifice this artifact, draw a card. And she has an activated ability, pay two, sacrifice another creature or a blood token. Each opponent loses two life, and you gain two life. Four mana, four, I mean, five. I mean, you know, what, yeah. what else do you want? She's on a Shay's Lounge. Just right, just the stats right there. I like the card. I was going to say she's a four mana, four, five. No. Just vanilla four mana, four, five. No. I mean, I like... The trigger only once each turn is a little yeah, it's bit a little watered down. Disappointing. Yeah. Um, I mean, getting a blood token, there might be something you can do with having that extra artifact or just that permanent that sacrifices itself. Mm. So there might be something there. Um, but overall, paying two and having to sacrifice something to drain for two, um, I, it's fine. But like, 
that's a that's a pretty steep cost like it adds up quick yeah it does so yeah and i think that's probably why they watered down her um etb effect is so that you couldn't just make like an infinite amount of creature tokens for example and then make an infinite amount of mana and just drain everybody out i mean that's a lot of moving pieces yeah. so i don't think that was necess- really necessary but um mm-hmm. yeah four mana four or five what do you want <laughs> next is brine comber it's our first transform card today it's on the front side it costs one, a white and a blue for a 1-1 spirit, and when it enters the battlefield or becomes the target of an aura spell, create a 1-1 white spirit creature token with flying, and it has disturb for a white and a blue. And the flip side is brinebound gift. It's an aura, enchanted creature. Whenever brinebound gift enters the battlefield or enchanted creature becomes the target of an aura spell, create a 1-1 white spirit creature token with flying. And of course, if it would be put into the graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead uh, i mean just trying to wrap my head around this okay so when it enters the battlefield or becomes a target of an aura spell you create a spirit okay so it's it's just a one one though yeah it's a three mana one right? one. it's a well yeah it's a three mana one, one yes and you're getting so it's like three mana for, creates, for like a t- creates a spirit two, two and one of them has flying and then you have to target okay. it and then it's basically the same thing on the back side okay I mean, if you really care about auras, maybe, but I don't know. Like, what were you? Did you have any ideas for this? Um, no, I didn't put it on the list. Did I put this on the list? <laughs> I think so. What, what am I thinking? <laughs> I <laughs> maybe I'm thinking like uh, like a Voltron aura strategy. Yeah, because like, like in, you know, like two something like to cast from the Vasa, But I mean, it would be better if it was just like the backside for for Azorius mana, and then you just get this effect, right? And then you get a bunch of one ones. Because like in a Voltron strategy, having those one ones is helpful for edict effects and also just chump blocking um that's fair so you know i i always think about cards like that yeah and if you're in like you know bant enchantress colors there's strategies that involve the graveyard so Mm -hmm. there might be opportunities for you to um pitch this card to the graveyard and then cast it on as an enchantment from your graveyard so kind of like a flashback enchantment spell Mm -hmm. i guess that's got something going for it yeah yeah i mean it's not super impactful by any means but I don't know. Interesting card. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, um, we've talked about that a bit with these disturb cards where it seems like the real power is the flip side. And of course, because you have Mm -hmm. to, you know, jump through hoops to get to it. But if you're in a strategy that can just discard them, then, you know, that's for some of them, of course, not all of them, but this one I feel is better in the strategies we discussed. So, Next up is another transform card. It's Dorothea Vengeful Victim. It's a blue and a and a white for a 4-4 legendary spirit with flying. And when it attacks or blocks, sacrifice it at the end of combat. And it has disturbed for one, a white, and a blue. And on the flip side is Dorothea's Retribution. It's an aura that enchants a creature. Enchanted creature has, whenever this creature attacks, create a 4-4 white spirit creature token with flying that's tapped and attacking. Sacrifice that token at the end of combat, and if it would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. So it's sort of like um, 
uh, Ghost of exactly. Sintra. Yes, and then they yeah. did that aura, it when they when they. Or, or is Geist of St. Traft from the second time we went to Innistrad? Because there's also that aura that's like Geist of St. Traft. That's just a straight up aura. Ooh, and that might be from uh, Shadows over Innistrad. I feel like I saw that card a fair bit when I was drafting that set. But anyways, I, I certainly don't remember uh, what it's called. Um, but it was good and limited. Looks like he was from original Innistrad. Mm. Okay, then, yeah, I'm thinking of a card from uh, from Shadows. Um yeah, but yeah, kind of a cool card. Like, I, <laughs> I guess you could run her as your commander. That'd be kind of weird. <laughs> um, but at least in this case, like you're probably getting. I don't think you would be swinging if you're running this in commander. You're probably just gonna put her on the battlefield for two mana and have like a nice blocker or or like a deterrent for the early stages of the game, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, people aren't just gonna run their random dorks into this thing. Um, and then once it does eventually die, you have that ability to, you know, maybe run a Voltron strategy and, and put this, it's, I mean, it's pretty strong aura. That's a pretty strong ability, just getting a 4-4 four, four each combat yep. that's swinging and attacking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with an evasive ability. Is that Teferi in the in the art in the back? No. No, he doesn't need a spirit for help. It does No, I don't think so. Well, eh, all right. Maybe it, maybe it is. I know, I know, like, Teferi was in the previous set. Yeah. I don't know why he'd be swinging with a sword, though. Yeah, he doesn't really use a sword. He just uses magic. No. He just uses time. That's right. Um, Edgar Charmed Groom is next. It's a, it's a transform card. The, the front side is two white-black for a 4-4 four, four legendary vampire noble. Other vampires you control get plus one, plus one. And when Edgar Charmed Groom dies, return it to the battlefield transformed under its owner's control. Flip side is Edgar Markov's Coffin. Legendary artifact. At the beginning of your upkeep, create a 1 1 white and black vampire creature token with lifelink and put a blood counter on Edgar Markov's coffin. Then, if there are three or more bloodline counters on it, remove those counters and transform it. Uh, this just seems like a, a, you know, obviously a good vampire commander. Not terribly powerful, but I like how sticky it is. Yeah, you definitely got that. Uh, coffin ability where you can just take your time if you've got time instead of having to recast Edgar mm -hmm. just let him let him brew for a bit yeah. come back recharge take a nap <laughs> yeah and then yeah you get some vampires out of it too so his anthem ability is that much more potent mm -hmm. but I agree like it's 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 a good vampire commander option there's tons of vampire commander options um, but it's no like OG Edgar which is just like cedh level yeah broken yeah yeah um so i i like that like i like having options that are a little bit powered down or at least you know uh a little bit more moderately tuned for the table like that's one thing that i've been trying to explore recently is is not trying to <laughs> trying to put limits on on my decks that i know can be unpleasant to even pilot you know like i'm thinking right. of chulane like i i went with chulane the hippos and friends deck right. with the idea that you know the the hippo is going to limit my deck building ability and slow me down but it got to this point where it's like every game i'm barfing my deck out on the table 
and I've got so many triggers and moving pieces that it's like overwhelming and I'm just not not that <laughs> yeah. it's not that enjoyable loving it. We're, we don't like it either so yeah I know <laughs> and it's like it, it's not fun for anybody really like at the end of the day it's like that's not my intent with the deck I thought it was a funny idea and sure enough it's kind of funny in concept yeah. but in practice it's just kind of a, a lot to pilot yeah and that's and then I so I I, I turned it into um, the Lonus deck, and I've been enjoying that deck. That deck's actually pretty fun. I've kind of like the synergies between tokens and artifacts and creatures, and yeah, trying to find all those cool synergies there. Yeah, uh, I gotta say though, for this, you know, the original Edgar uh, from Commander twenty seventeen, the art on that card is amazing. I, I don't like the art mm-hmm. on the regular printing of Edgar Charm Groom. I don't I don't like I don't like the alternate art. I don't like any of the art, so it's just kind of yeah. um yeah, it's not great. Just an old man. And I think I saw a meme of him like, you know, it's like before he got married, it's like the OG Edgar art and then like after he's getting married or he's about to get married like in like in the story in this set and you know, he's, yeah. he's looks like this. So that happens everybody, so don't get married. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I mean, none of the hosts of the show are married, so I I I feel okay saying that we're just like yeah. we're just coupled. Yeah, just in committed relationships. Yeah, not the same thing. You need a piece of paper. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, next we have Eruth, tormented prophet. It's one blue red for a two four legendary human wizard. If you would draw a card, exile the top two cards of your library instead. You may play those cards this turn. I think this is a a pretty cool um, take on kind of like a Spellslinger option. uh, Just in the sense that it turns your cantrips into, um, I guess, like double impulse draws, right? Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it's doing. But I think in like a storm build or spell slinger build like this could be a, a pretty strong engine in itself um yeah i don't think you want to go too high on the cmc um i think cantrips and like cheap spells and spells that generate mana like that's probably going to be the route that's going to work best with eruth is it eruth 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 um but she kind of she almost reminds me of Riel, um, but Riel I think is a little bit stronger in the sense that her power gets bigger too. Yeah. So you can do cool Voltron strategies. Yeah, yeah. But this is definitely like you see a card like this and you're like, wow, I could really just swing for the fences with this thing, you know? Just think of all the game actions. Yeah, for sure. Because it's just drawing a card. It's not. It's not like other than your the card you draw at at your draw step. Like it's just drawing a card and i like that it's a two four body you know it's it's just yeah it's a solid not gonna get bolted anytime soon no way and with all the bolts flying around in in commander like (laughs) you need it you need it grolnok the omnivore is next it's two green blue for a three three legendary frog whenever a frog you control attacks mill three cards Whenever a permanent card is put into your graveyard from your library, exile it with a croak counter on it. You may play land cards and cast spells from among cards you own in exile with croak counters on them. So finally, <laughs> frog tribal, everybody. <laughs> croak tribal. Cro- yeah, croak tribal. 
I mean, this is a pretty cool take on on like a lands mill matters, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. I w- we we saw Slogurk the Overslime in the last set, uh, which is in the same Simic colors. Uh, so you definitely have some options, but it's got uh, it's definitely got some like Gitrog vibes, uh-huh. not in a broken way, no, but no. in in like a you're milling yourself and you know croaking your cards yeah and there's something sticking out of its mouth too so similar in that yeah, way yeah. also the art um but yeah this and i mean i don't know how many frogs are in the in the game <laughs> I, I haven't done a, a keyword search yet but um you know again we have changelings and stuff so you could you could really make this work for you and just do like a fun lands thing so and it's just like a yeah. ton of card advantage and and it doesn't have to be Grol uh, Grolnock. <laughs> that's a that's a name. It doesn't have to be Grolnock milling. It could be anything milling. Yeah. So you could do other self mill strategies sure. and you're in blue and green. There's there's ways to do it. Um like some dredge stuff in green. I'm thinking like Golgari Grave Troll. Or just and, do uh, do Grolnock um persistent petitioners. <laughs> there <laughs> yeah. you go. <laughs> And then you get more persistent petitioners every time you mill yourself. That's right. I love it. So, you know, like you've got that Chulane yeah, deck. Yeah, I think not anymore. That's over. Yeah, you're, you're Grolnock. Yeah, I'm going to go full Grolnock. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take I'm gonna take Gitrog and Chulane, and I'm just going to, like, strip them for parts for your old Grolnock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that actually sounds kind of fun. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the theme. Like, I kind of alluded to it earlier. It's like, I think what they're going for is trying to – I guess tone down their their legendaries in a way that they fit like a particular niche yeah. or they fit a, a a niche strategy to the point where it's it's not like a Chulane or like a Korvald or like an Edgar Markov where it's just like power 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 just go 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 it's like no you have to jump through some hoops but then you can have a funny game yeah, yeah. you know yeah that's that's a good way to put it Halana and Alina partners, but they're not. We're not talking partner commanders here. It's two red <laughs> green for a two three legendary human ranger. It has first strike reach, and at the beginning of combat on your turn, put X one one counters on another target creature you control, where X is their power. That creature gains haste until end of turn. That's kind of a cool, cool take on like uh, Xenagos kind of ability. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, and it's nice that they're counters, so they stick around too, right? So you can just kind of do like a like almost like a Voltroni slash go wide strategy, um, where you just like make Halana and Elena thick, and then just distribute the wealth. Oh yeah, yep. The art on this card is kind of I don't know. It's too like photorealistic for me. I don't like it. That's fair. I, I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the lighting. Yeah. The lighting is very stark. Yeah. Don't. Do- but but. But then they're in the woods, so it's like I, I don't know where that light is coming from. You know? <laughs> yeah, it it just makes them pop in a weird way. <laughs> Old Rustine is next. It's one black green for a one four legendary human peasant. So, if you ever wanted to make a peasant tribal deck, here you go. This is your boy. When Old Rustine enters the battlefield, or at the beginning of your upkeep, mill a card. 
If a land card is milled this way, create a treasure token. If a creature card is milled this way, create a 1-1 green insect creature token. If a non-creature, non-land card is milled this way, create a blood token. I had a, uh, well, I still have it, but when I'd go and play disc golf, I had uh, a grabber, and I call it Rustine. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> I know what's going on here. I get it. <laughs> I mean, if you care about creating tokens incidentally on your upkeep, I guess this is uh, this is the one four for you. Yeah, it's too bad it's not like, you know, kind of like uh, Grolnock where... It's just like any time a card is milled. Yeah, that would have been cool. That would have yeah. been nice. I, that would have been a lot more exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably probably borderline broken. Yeah. Because yeah. you'd be like generating treasures and creatures <laughs> and, and, uh, and ability to draw. like accelerate through your deck. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's not that might have been too, that might have been too good. Yeah. <clears throat> I think I think they know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> At this point in the game, I think they know what they're doing. <laughs> Okay, so Olivia Crimson Bride is next. It's four black-red for a 3-4 legendary vampire noble. She has flying and haste, and whenever she attacks, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped and attacking. It gains when you don't control a legendary vampire. Exile this creature. She's getting married. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of like um I mean I you know any time a creature has haste I'm I'm on board uh especially if it's mm -hmm. a, if it's legendary. Um you know I don't like it that it's like a 6 mana 3 4 but I think you have to kind of look at it from like what you're going to be getting out of the graveyard for free and then hang yeah. hanging on to. So you know it's a 6 mana 3 4 flying haste so you're probably going to be able to swing at somebody that doesn't that can't block and then you know if you're getting something that at least has comparable stats out of the graveyard then the mana cost is worth it yeah you could do like an extra combat reanimator strategy mm -hmm. yeah and it like it does feel very like kalia of the vast to me and mm -hmm. you know i think if you wanted to accelerate cards into your graveyard um you could do that whereas with kalia oftentimes having the right cards in your hand was the issue but i think it's you know i think we can agree it's I don't know if it's easier to get cards into your graveyard, but um, there's definitely more room in general. Yeah, red, red's good at uh, pitching cards and looting. Yeah, yeah. So or rummaging, I should say. Yeah, I would. I you know, I I most of the time when I see a, a Rakdos legendary, I do have a hankering t to build around it, and uh, I really don't feel any different about this one. Next up is a transform card. It's Runo Stromkirk. On the front side, it's one blue-black for a 1-4 legendary vampire cleric with flying. And when it enters the battlefield, put up to one target creature card from your graveyard on top of your library. Then at the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. You may reveal that card. If a creature card with mana value 6 or greater is revealed this way, transform Runo Stromkirk. And the flip side is Krothus, Lord of the Deep. It's a 3-5 legendary Kraken Horror Lord of the Deep with flying. And when it attacks, create a tapped and attacking token that's a copy of another target attacking creature. If that creature is a Kraken, Leviathan, Octopus, Serpent, or Lord of the Deep, create two of those tokens <laughs> instead. 
<laughs> Lord of the Deep Struggle. <laughs> Hashtag Lord of the Deep Struggle is real. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a bit of a house. I mean, at the end of the day, like, how do you flip them? Uh, I just gotta be. A, yeah, it's gotta be six. It's gotta be a creature. <laughs> gotta be six or greater. Okay. Okay. So it's like big boy tribal. Yeah, it would have to be. It's and like, then you know the flip side works with that too because you'd want to be copying another attacking creature that's also a big boy because then you get two out of them but only if the i mean it would i think what would really make this card a home he's got flying like i you know you gotta reread it a few times but he does have flying on that on the flips yeah on both both sides. sides yeah what would really make this card a home run for me is if the creature you revealed that's six or more if you also got to just put that card into play that would be broken well yeah. i don't think it'd be too bad it's not it doesn't have haste oh i know but you're also in blue you've got like top deck manipulation yeah that's true you just like brainstorm a six drop on, <laughs> on top of your library on like turn four <laughs> and then copy it a bunch of times <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay i could see how that could get out of hand yeah that's right he's only a three mana one four with flying. yeah so yeah. yeah this could be fun this could be a lot of fun and then you get to say lord of the deep all the time exactly Skull Scab is next. It's a blue and a black for a 2-2 zombie. It has exploit. So when it enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice a creature. And whenever a creature you control exploits a non-token creature, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. Yeah, they had to put the safety valve on there. Yeah. Right. So I mean, like, you're running a zombie deck. You're running blue and black. Zombies like sacrificing or sacrifice effects. Yeah. They like to see things die. You're getting a zombie out of the deal. Well, two zombies out of the deal. Um, I think it's just a solid role player. Yeah, yeah, because you're going to be getting value off of all those cards that you're running that care about, um, like you said, creatures dying, sacrificing things. So, yeah. Yeah, and there might even be enough there for, like, an exploit-themed deck, too, because we, we saw, like, exploit show up in Dragons of Tarkir. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting some more support in this set as well. So they're, you know, slowly gaining exploit mechanics. So it might be something there. Yeah, as long as it's not just a deck full of, like, Grave Packs and Dictative Erebus. Because no one's going to want to play with that person. <laughs> That's fair. Torin's First of the Angels is next. He's one green-white for a 2-2 legendary human cleric. He has training, so whenever this creature attacks with another creature with greater power, put a 1-1 counter on this creature. Kind of reminds me of Evolve. Uh, Whenever you cast a creature spell, create a 1-1 green and white human soldier creature token. That also has training. Getting trained. Yeah, it's like the, the opposite of mentor. It is the opposite of mentor. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. <clears throat> man it would be cool if he had training and mentor <laughs> <laughs> yeah it would be <laughs> i mean that would be pretty cool whenever you cast a creature spell you create a, a human so i mean Slesnia creatures train your boy i don't know <laughs> all right <laughs> that's that's what i got <laughs> just cast a bunch of creatures yeah. make some extra make tokens bigger. along the way yeah. Play con- do some anthem effects yeah. play con- swing for the fences play concord and crossroads and you know hopefully nobody plays propaganda against you oh god propaganda get out of here yeah come on i'd have to pay two come I'm on i'm not paying two i'm just gonna wait until i draw something to blow up that propaganda and i'm in the perfect color exactly. sport, so it's 
exactly. it's not sticking around. Just jam some rec sages. Oh yeah, that's perfect. Give them training. <laughs> Vials. Yeah, <laughs> they should reprint rec sage with training. They should. Yeah, <laughs> just recall it reclamation training sage. Yeah, if that I don't know if that's gonna fit, but uh, they they certainly seem we'll to be able to out. yeah squeeze things into the into the text box. Uh, Vile spawn spider is next. It's a green and a blue for a two three spider with reach at the beginning of your upkeep mill card. Then you can pay two a green and a blue, tap it, sacrifice it, then create a one one green insect creature token for each creature card in your graveyard. Activate only as a sorcery. I like this card. I mean, a little odd that it's a uh, Simic spider. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been nice if it was like a Golgari spider or something like that. I think that would have been more up uh, up the alley of all of our spider enthusiasts out definitely, there. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, that's a good point. But overall, like it's it's like a spider spawning on a stick. Yeah. That uh, also has some incidental mill for only two mana. So I think it's a nice little speed bump. Nice little role player. Yeah. Um, and it's a two mana two three. Like it's those are good stats. Yeah. Yeah, nothing to complain about there. Not at all. Okay, so that was our last gold card. We're moving on to colorless. Uh, we've got a couple of these. First up we have Dollhouse of Horrors. It's five mana for an artifact. You can pay one, tap it, exile a creature card from your graveyard, create a token that's a copy of the exiled card, except it's a 0-0 construct artifact, in addition to its other types, and it has this creature gets plus one plus one for each construct you control. Gains haste until end of turn. Activate only as a sorcery. So not only card is sweet. Yeah, it is, because not only are you getting the enter the battlefield trigger for whatever that, that creature is, um, you're also going to be able to get an attack trigger. So it's, it's pretty sweet for, for one mana. And it's kind of the, cre- it's creepy. The art is, is quite creepy. It kind of reminds me of the shining a little bit. Yeah. And, and the token sticks around. I don't think it goes away. Right? No, no, it, no, it's, it, it does stick. Yeah, it does. So then, yeah. and then they just keep getting bigger, right? Cause you get more and more constructs. Yeah, and it's counting artifacts. So at, at the very least, the creature's going to be a 2-2 because yeah. it counts Dollhouse and itself. And then it's just going to keep getting... They're all going to keep getting bigger from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool card. Lantern of the Lost is next. It's one mana for an artifact. When it enters the battlefield, exile target card from a graveyard. And then you can pay one tap, uh, exile Lantern of the Lost, and then exile all cards from all graveyards, then draw a card. And... You know, we get cards like this in sets periodically, um, sort of like, um, you know, Tormod's Crypt is kind of like the earliest card I can think of that that has this effect. And they seem to always get a little bit more generous with with what they do, right? Like Relic of Progenitus, you can either, um, you know, it has the activated ability where you exile a, a card from your opponent's graveyard, they get to choose what it is, and then you can... I think you t- can either sacrifice it to exile all cards from all graveyards, or you can sacrifice it yeah, to draw I, a card. Well, I think it's I think it's both, but it, do you have to pay one? Here, well, here instead of just guessing. Yeah, yeah. Let's not just <laughs> spend the next fifteen minutes guessing. <laughs> let's see, let's see if we can remember this one. Okay, yeah. Tap target player exiles a card from his or her own graveyard, 
and then there's a uh, pay one. So no tap involved, but you pay, pay one. one, you exile it, and then you exile all cards from all graveyards and draw cards. Yeah. So it's kind of like the second half of Relic of Pro- Progenitus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the beauty of Relic is that you don't have to tap it, right? You can use both abilities if you have the one mana. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, <laughs> if you're using the second ability, you probably don't need to use the first ability. No, probably not. But <laughs> no, just just my point being that, you know, we get cards like this fairly often. And, and so it's, it's yeah, yeah. nice to, and, and, you know, I know there are cards where, um, I think there's one from Theros Beyond Death that was a similar artifact, and it, you had the option to sacrifice it to. Uh, yeah, it's like Soul Soul's Lantern or something? something like that, and it was exile all cards from all graveyard. I think that one just hit opponents' graveyards actually, and or Soul Guide Lantern. Yeah, and then sacri- like sacrifice to draw a card, but it, you know it's just nice when we get this kind of relic of progenitus effect. Yeah, because Soul Guide it. Like you said, it has that tap, sacrifice, exile each opponent's graveyard. Yeah. And then it has the other option of pay one, tap it, sacrifice it to draw a card. So it's nice that this one gives you both. You get the exile everybody's graveyard. So a bit of a downside there if you care about your graveyard. Um, but then you also get to draw a card just like Relic. So mm-hmm. uh, just another great option. Honestly, colorless, people should run more graveyard hate. They should. Uh, I, love, I love my graveyard decks, so I'm always sad when people play graveyard hate. <laughs> But it is a, it is the right call, and uh, this is just one way that Watsi's trying to make trying to entice people more and more to to convince them for their own good that they should run graveyard hate. Hey, you get a card out. Yeah, of it. everybody. If you don't have, they should do a scavenger grounds reprint, but like change the name and 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 give it the effect where when you sacrifice it, you get to draw a card. You better yet, sacrifice it. Search your land for search your library for a basic land. Ooh, that'd be that'd be hardcore. That'd be good. Replace itself. Um, yeah, everybody, run run your graveyard hate because like if Riley has a couple cards in his graveyard, get him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Riley's got a card in his hand. Get him. <laughs> you better exile his entire hand in graveyard, <laughs> otherwise he's gonna go off. <laughs> <laughs> there was this game that we played recently, and um, uh, Riley just really got got targeted by by somebody else at the table and it was just um yeah it was just like any anytime he was like he gets any kind of card advantage any kind of cards in his graveyard anything starts to happen is just like i gotta get him yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you've got eric over there popping off and it's like i've got one card in my hand and like my graveyard was just exiled and yet get <laughs> i got the hand hand in graveyard attack all at once <laughs> just for my one card <laughs> He had like a mitt full of cards. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Okay. So uh, last up here, we have the lands. So uh, just the, the enemy slow lands, uh, they completed the cycle. Uh, So, you know, for example, we have death cap glade enters the battlefield tapped unless you control two or more other lands taps for black and green. And they gave us one in all the enemy colors. Um, that's really, it's, it's, it's really nice that they're just completing these land cycles very quickly, even like set after set, because, you know, there are still land cycles that they haven't completed and some that they don't need to because they're not, they weren't great land cycles to begin with. The, the, the Odyssey filter lands are a good example of that. Um, yeah, don't (laughs) stop putting them in commander decks. We don't want them. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just nice like these are these are great fixing they're great in 
commander for multiple color decks because most of the time you're not going to be playing this um, in a situation where it is entering the battlefield tapped. And even if you are, hopefully you can drop it turn one or turn two when you might not be doing anything anyway. So just I, I'm just so pleased that they uh, completed the cycle so quickly. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> and last but not least, we have Voldaren Estate. Taps for a colorless. Also taps, uh, pay one life, add one mana of any color. Spend this mana only to cast a vampire spell. Flavorful. Then you can pay five, tap it, create a blood token. This ability costs one less to activate for each vampire you control. So it could just be a tap effect if you have five vampires. Yep. Which yep, is nice. For sure. Yeah, just tap to create a blood token. Yeah, pretty sweet card. Yeah, I and I you know, I like that it's the pay one life and you know, you could definitely make that work for you. Um you know, losing life and whatnot. Um and it is it is flavorful, but it kind of makes me think of Sliver Hive where it taps for a generic and then it just taps for one man of any color and you use it to cast sliver spells and make sliver tokens, which I guess is flavorful, but um yeah, this this card reminds me a lot of of that card but most of all what i what i like is is um the ability to make all those blood tokens right like early game it can fix you it can get vampires on the battlefield but then mm -hmm. you know it's not it's not going to take too long to just be able to create a blood token for for tapping your your land so i love lands that can draw cards essentially mm -hmm. yep <clears throat> all right everybody well that is going to do it for our Crimson Vow set review. Uh, if there are any cards that we missed or you're excited about or you thought we were just completely dead wrong about, you can let us know uh, in the comment section of wherever you listen to this. You can send us an email, uh, even though that's that's pretty old school. If you want to get in touch with us, um, really the, the, the quickest way to get a response is uh, on Instagram. Turn one soul ring the podcast on Instagram. Um, and we're going to be back next week to discuss the um, commander products associated with these Innistrad companion sets. Uh, thank you for mm -hmm. listening, as always. And, um, you know, just uh, take it easy until next week. The better. Bye, everybody. Take it easy now. See ya.